There's nobody like the Macho Man. Outrageous, flamboyant. Wow, he just exploded onto the scene. It's my time, Macho time. His only companion was cocaine. It wasn't too light. It's not the end of his time. They told him we're gonna end up dead in the street one day. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another edition of Deportes Nation podcast. I'm Alex Parra, and today with a very special guest, we have with us filmmaker Eric Drath. First of all, Eric, welcome into Deportes Nation. How are you? Great. So great to be here. Thank you, Alex. Um, first of all, how's your family? COVID, it's something we're all living in this year. Eric, I hope you and yours are doing well. Thank God everybody's fine. Uh, you know, my sister happens to be a uh, physician and she was on the front line and I, she's always been my hero, but now she was the world's hero. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been tough in New York City, you know, especially when we were going through it earlier in uh, the spring. Uh, but thank God my family's safe. And uh, some of my family is even on the front line helping others. Wow. Well, we, we are best to her, and, and, and we can't thank her enough, and all the medical uh, people, personnel that are, that are helping us through this. Um, we, we, we brought you in for many reasons, Eric. One of them was to talk a little bit about your, your history in filmmaking. Just give us a little overview, if you don't mind, of, of, of the, the filmmaker, filmmaking and documentaries that you've been a part of. Um, yeah, I've, I've been really lucky to do some great stories, all stories that uh, kind of, you know, I, I was interested in and that I became passionate about. Um, you know, my first film was called Assault in the Ring. Uh, it was a boxing story. It was about a boxing match that took place on uh, June 16, 1983 in Madison Square Garden. It was Louis Resto versus Billy Collins Jr. Sure. A crime was committed in that ring. And uh you know, uh, I pick up the story 25 years later um, where, you know, following the uh, resto and, and, and so many of the people that are still living with reper repercussions of that fight. Wow. So that was uh, my first film. It was on HBO Sports and it was a terrific ride. And then I've been fortunate enough to make many others since. And, and, and we are about to see on Showtime the debut of the Hector Camacho, Macho, the Hector Camacho story. Before we get into the details, sir, congratulations on it. And, and how did this story in particular interest you? This one interests me because, um, you know, I knew Hector. I was a journalist myself. And back in 1997, I covered the uh, Camacho Leonard fight. And I remember meeting him and, of course, his great promoter, Mike Akery, who's sure. uh, a quiet giant in the background of the sport. And, uh, you know, I just I felt his presence. I, you know, you could just to be around him. He had an infectious energy and laughter. Mm. And um, and then I actually got into the boxing business and was an agent for seven years. And I worked in all the for many uh, promoters. And I worked for a promoter for a little bit called America Presents, and they had Hector Camacho Jr. So I got to meet Camacho Jr. So I knew the family. I knew, you know, you know the man. And, um, you know, when he was murdered, it was just, uh, it was so sad. Uh, and I was actually down in Panama making another film I made called No Mas, and I was interviewing Roberto Durant. Sure. And I asked Roberto, it was a couple of months after the, the murder, and I said, well, you know, uh, what was Camacho like and what impact did he have on the sport? And, and Roberto Duran started tearing up. Wow. And I knew at that moment 
that if Roberto Duran was going to tear up, and he didn't even tear up for the making of No Mas, <laughs> uh, which you know, I was kind of hoping for, you know, that he'd kind of come clean and tell us why he you know, uttered those famous words. Um, I knew that he had such a profound impact. And, you know, just at his funeral, I mean, thousands, tens of thousands of people lined the streets of New York and in Puerto Rico. He had two major funerals. And, and uh, you know, I knew he was important to the uh, Puerto Rican community. So after I, you know, had many years to kind of think about it, I, I couldn't believe that his story wasn't told. And I couldn't, I didn't want to see his story slip through the cracks of history and not be celebrated in a good way. And of course, I wanted to find out more information about the murder and help the family find closure. So that's pretty much why I made the movie. And, and Eric, all of us have, have a, a, a duality, if you will, in life, our professional life, our personal life. We know that with Hector Macho Camacho, uh, we, we, nobody can really um, take away from his accomplishments inside the ring. But we know he lived a troubled life, a drug-fueled life. Um, Diego Armando Maradona just passed away. Maybe similar stories in a sense. What do you think? Um, what do you think uh, drove Hector Camacho and his demons? You know, it's interesting because as much as he, you know, had trouble uh, with with drugs, you know, it wasn't drugs per se that that killed him. It was the lifestyle and yeah. the street life. He could never get rid of the street life. But, you know, here's a guy who had over 83 or 84 fights, and which is amazing, was only knocked down twice, never knocked out, and he was a survivor. And to fight at that level of a professional sport, worldwide competition, sure. have three championships in three different weight classes is a testament to his abilities. And even though he probably would have had a better record had he not had that lifestyle, he was able to turn it off and on and, uh, and you know, just a, a true, true world-class athlete. No doubt, a Hall of Famer. We, we know that. And, and like you said, his boxing record speaks for itself. As you started researching and going through the process of filming this documentary, what, what did you learn? And I, obviously, we don't want to give too much away. We'll all be re-watching when it premieres on Showtime. But what did you learn that maybe we didn't know? Well, I mean, I learned a lot about him that I didn't know. I, I mean, there was no shortage of sometimes funny, sometimes tragic stories about him. And unfortunately, they couldn't all make him into the film. I mean, we could, this film could have been a lot longer. And it was at a certain point. You know, it was like, all right, what? it was really hard deciding what to cut and what to leave. Um, what did I learn most about him is that he was just an authentic guy. Yeah. You know, what you saw in the ring is what you saw outside of the ring. Now, there was certainly... In, uh, a person who struggled, who, you know, had humanity, who made big mistakes in the public's eye. I think that's why we loved him so much. He was fallible. He was a human being, but he had supernatural powers. Uh, but I really learned that he was authentic. Um, one of the stories, one of the many, but one of the stories that didn't make the uh, cut was uh, his wife used to say, Oh, I'm not going out with you. You got more fishnet on than I do. I'm not going to be seen with you going out because I mean that's what he loved. He loved that lifestyle. He loved to look and you know be seen and 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 wear gold and you know he was just he was just authentic. Now we, we talk about the murder. As far as I know, sir, it's still unsolved officially. Um, does your documentary get us any closer to a solution about what happened that night? 
Well, we have a lot of information that actually is not in the film because it is an ongoing investigation. And, uh, you know, when you're a journalist, you, you want to kind of teeter on, like, you know, showing the public and putting a spotlight on something. But you also don't want to blow the opportunity for the police to actually solve the case. So we do have more information. There is new information that's provided in the film. Uh, so if you watch at the end, you'll you'll see some things that happen that, that – uh, that most people didn't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's this film was so hard to make. I made a whole cut, which was all an investigation. And then about six months ago, I said, you know what? Where's his life? Right. How do we get to Mancini? How do we get to Pazienza? And I said, listen, guys, we're going to redo this thing. So I redid it because I wanted to tell his life in order to finally get to his death instead of telling his death to get to his life. How long did it take, and, and, and how did you um, get this project funded? And I ask this also as, as a uh, journalist. These things aren't easy. I know they take literally years. Yeah, I mean, this one, um, you know, even though I had had the germ of the idea and I did some development work on it, uh, it really, uh, it was about two years ago from beginning to end that we made the film, you know. And, and I got to tell you, working with Steven Espinoza and Vinny Mahalter, at um, Showtime, it's been nothing but a pleasure. These guys care about boxing. These guys care about Latino stories. These guys really care about the boxing audience. And while there's a lot of boxing out there sure. on all the networks, this is the perfect home for this film. I've made films now for ESPN, HBO, uh, and now you know Showtime. And, I, and they all have been the right film for the right network. And this is the right film for the right network right now. What do you hope people take away after, after watching and, and the film uh, debuting on Showtime here in, in early December? Uh, what do you think people will take away? What do you hope they take away after watching? Um, I hope they see, they go on an incredible ride, you know, <laughs> a fun ride, a bedazzling ride, a, also a tragic ride. Sure. Uh, and they also come away understanding just how dangerous Puerto Rico is right now. Yeah. You know, Puerto Rico is a very, very dangerous place. It's a beautiful island uh, with beautiful, wonderful people. But there is a dark side, just like Macho himself. And, uh, and right now, uh, unfortunately, um, they're having a hard time, uh, you, know, having, you know, making a conviction, arresting someone because... You know, there's a there's a um, environment there, a culture of no snitching. Right. And listen, I don't blame them. You know, only a third of all murders get solved there. And they have the wow. second largest police force, only second to New York City of all the United States and the territories. So, you know, it's it's violent. It's very violent. So I'd like people to understand what we were up against trying to get to the to the bottom of things. Um, and also this uh, remarkable life. Remarkable life. And if you had had the opportunity to sit down with him and ask him one question, what would it have been? Maybe that's, that's a difficult question for you. But if you'd had five minutes with Hector Macho Camacho as you put this together, what would you have asked him? Well, you know, I had the, um, I had the great ability to use archival interviews with him. And there's two points, there's two questions that were asked. One was... Um, 
you know, if you had the chance, would you do it the same way? Right. And he said, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. And the other question I'd say is, do you think they'll ever make a movie about you? <laughs> and he said, they better. <laughs> so I don't know. I think the best questions were already asked. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, Eric, we want to thank you for your time. What's next for you, sir? More sports-related um, documentaries? Yeah, I have a uh, civil rights era documentary about legendary um, Nick, um, Dick Barnett uh, and his pursuit of um, not getting, not letting his team's history get lost, uh, his team, high, uh, college team get lost in history. And then I've got a four-part uh, doc series that I'm working on that I can't talk about yet, ah. but I think, um, I think a lot of fans will, will really enjoy, especially boxing. Well, we, we, are, uh, we are honored to have you on, on the Portes Nation. We really appreciate your time. We're looking forward to the debut of uh, Macho, the Hector Camacho story, um, and, and we'll be watching it on Showtime. So we appreciate the time you've taken to speak with us. En español, muchísimas gracias por tu tiempo, por tu apoyo, y más que nada, por hacer estas historias y notas de latinoamericanos más, más, más importantes para la comunidad. Thank you, Eric. Muchas gracias. Thank you, Eric. Take care, sir.